arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's Thursday, which means normally it'd be Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour, but instead, it's the uh, AW Dynamic We're Dynamite. We're taking review. over. We have stolen their day. Uh, <laughs> we did not review Dynamite last night, and it's now 7.40 in the evening here. Yeah, Eastern Joey, time. Yep. Joey has just survived the tornado. Dude, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any, any uh, firsthand experiences you want to share with everybody? Um, absolutely nothing, honestly, because it didn't <laughs> even touch down near me. So what a, what a shame. I just kept Not on a, getting a bunch of like warnings on my television and my phone, uh, constantly to tell me to take shelter, but there was nothing to take shelter from. So yeah, pretty misleading. We, no. we should probably stress that the reason Joey was sitting in front of his TV is he likes to sit in front of his TV like a day before SmackDown turns on so he can get in the mood when it shows up. Right. Um, he does a full day's mm-hmm. prep work. So that when SmackDown yeah. comes on, he's hot as can be for the show. Yeah, I even end up missing work because of it. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyways, uh, we didn't review Dynamite last night, so we're doing it tonight. Um, and then tomorrow you'll have Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour, although I believe it's only Ryan. I think it's just a solo show. Um, so, yes. Is it? I thought Angelo was the one that... Oh, I dude, I wasn't paying attention. No, it's definitely Angelo's idea to push it back to tomorrow. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I think it will be both of them. Okay, so there you go. So it should be both of them. So there you go. So that's what's coming up. Um, trying to think if there's anything else, like, coming up anytime soon. I don't think so. I think we're mm-hmm. I think we're just regular Dynamite and Raw and Impact every week. Yeah. SummerSlam is at the end of August. We'll probably have a review for that. I don't know if we're going to cover Rampage. It's only one hour, so maybe... We'll figure it out when it starts. Yeah. Um, especially the first two weeks with obviously the debut in Pittsburgh and then the week after, which we'll talk about a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see what happens when, when the show starts and if we're going to cover it. Um, but that starts August 13th, so still a couple weeks away. Yeah. Let's just see what its content's like. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you're joining us, uh, then... Hopefully you watched AEW last night and you're ready to get stuff spoiled for you. And if you're not joining us, then you're never going to hear this, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we review every, uh, AEW every week, Impact every week, and Raw every week for some reason, um, as well as pay-per-views for AEW, Impact, and WWE. So if you're into any of that, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We also cover New Japan semi-infrequently, mainly just because their schedule's been all over the place for the last uh, several months. Yeah, But we do cover them um, as well, so... Uh, yeah. Uh, if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on plenty of different streaming services, ranging from Apple to Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, Anchor, 
Um, so a bunch of different options. You can find the links to all of those in the episode description. You can also follow us over on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast as well as some other content. Um, that'll all be in the episode description. So be sure to go take a look at that if you're enjoying the content. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating for the podcast. as We would uh, greatly appreciate it. Indeed. All right. So tonight or yesterday, I should say, was AEW Fight for the Fallen, the 2021 edition. And it had a pretty stacked lineup uh, going into the show. They had a a number of matches that you could make arguments for headlining with the five on five, the IWGP US title match and the as the much more um, second labor of Jericho. Mm-hmm. So um, what I was interested to see what opened the show. And as the show opened, we cut to a video package for the Dark Order and Hangman Page talking about what it's like to be a cowboy. Um, you could already hear the crowd like going crazy before we got the entrance and so this video plays and then it transitions to their entrance with the crowd just again eating this up we had a very 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 cool entrance for the dark order here um where they were all on stage in the darkness and one by one the spotlights came on um and they were all in matching gear and then the final spotlight came on and it was hangman page and he was matching he was wearing the dark order colors but he was in cowboy gear but he had the black and purple and the crowd went bananas for him um, and mm-hmm. they came out here looking like a, a full-on group, and it was great. This was, again, genuinely one of the best entrances for wrestling in the past several years. This was great. I, yeah, I agree. Um, I was very, you know, shocked or surprised that they were going to start with that match because I just really thought that was just going to be the, the main, main event. event. Yeah. So, you know, AEW's, you know, does it again, which would, likes to, like, you know, kind of surprise you and, like, you know, you're just like used to like typical things and they kind of just like steer in the, like another direction. And I thought this was great how they opened it, like with the, like the opener and like the entrance and stuff. They like, you know, they really put some kind of like uniqueness to it. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so again, they come out and the crowd just eats this up. They go, they love everybody here. And then we have the elite's <laughs> entrance and they all oh, come out. Uh, they all come out and they have sweatpants on. Um, except Don Callis, Don oh, Callis, God, Don Callis has booty shorts on. Never again. That was, dude. I saw him come out and I lost it. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and pretty much you and all of Twitter and probably all the wrestling what a, community. What a guy. Um, and uh, Matt, Nick, and Kenny all have basketballs and they're uh, they're wearing Elite Squad shirts. And then. Kenny points out and uh, calls for the music to hit, and we get <laughs> the fucking song. <laughs> yep. Are you ready for this? And we get them coming out. To oh my god! How obnoxious! This right? was the most. This was just, like ridiculously over the top, but it's, it fits perfectly with what the elite have like become. Oh no, hundred percent! Like this, this is, is like, like on brand. On, yeah, exactly. Like on par. Like hundred percent. The elite. Like obnoxious heels that like do crazy shit and then they pretty much you know bring it to they pretty much are like the same of what they are on bte and they bring it to like dynamite like it's just they're always the same like they just keep their character um but now it's it's super obnoxious and if you're not like a wrestling fan or like or you're really a casual wrestling fan you would really hate these guys because that's, that's the point. So, um, but this tied in with their whole elite squad jerseys and the song, uh, obviously mm-hmm. from the original space jam. 
um, as we did have uh, Excalibur note that this was technically a tie-in to Space Jam, a new legacy streaming on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, so it's nice to see that uh, Warner um, does like to occasionally do these tie-in stuff with um, with AEW, whether it's like this right. or Godzilla versus King Kong a couple months ago. Yeah. Or back in 2019 when they were first starting and they did the Rick and Morty thing. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about so, that. Um, yeah, it's cool to see. Um, but I thought, again, both entrances were really good uh, in their own right. The Dark Orders was just very cool looking and the Elites was just very on-brand and goofy for them. Um and so, yeah, this was a five on five. Uh, it would, it, this took up the first like half hour of the show. I think it finished at like eight thirty three or eight thirty four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, was a long, a long match. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to go through and break every single thing down here. That would take too long. Again, it was a 30 yeah. minute match. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, what it was a five on five elimination match. Those tend to get like very hectic. And it's really kind of hard to keep up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say it was nice to see John Silver back in the ring. I believe this was his return match. Um, yeah. And as expected, the crowd went crazy for him. It's really cool to see him in front of like a full audience now because he's somebody who really got popular during the pandemic. Agreed. And it's um, like transitioning very well. Yeah, the crowd loves um, him. And just, again, the rest of the Dark Order, who are very clearly some of the biggest baby faces on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, literally anything these guys did, they were over. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Alex Reynolds was the first person eliminated. Um, and then after that, uh, we got Carl Anderson just getting beat up by basically all of Dark Order and they took him out. Um, and then we got a count out elimination for Stu and Doc Gallows um, after they went brawling into the audience. Um, Evil Uno got eliminated by a one winged angel. Um, and then John Silver got taken out by the Young Bucks, which sent it to basically a three-on-one here with uh, Hangman having to face off against the Bucks and Kenny. Uh, at this point, I was sitting here saying there's no way that Hangman is going to pin all three of these people. He would have to pin the tag <laughs> champs by himself and then pin the world champ. Yeah, I knew I, it was going to happen at that point. As soon Once he eliminated uh, Matt of the Young Bucks, I thought he was going to eliminate both the Young Bucks, but then Kenny would get him and it would be mm-hmm. like he got that close, but uh, no. Um, he, yep. elim- he eliminates Matt with the Buck shot. A bunch um, of near falls, though. Which yeah, we got insane. a bunch of good ones. Um, and eventually, uh, Kenny did have to cheat and he took out Paige with the uh, TNA World title, but Paige got the kick out, mm-hmm. hit him with a V-trigger, then the one-winged angel, and that was it. Kenny won. Uh, so the elite wins. Hangman does not get his title shot, and the Dark Order do not get their tag title shot. Um, yeah. Definitely interesting. I was not Very expecting. I I thought the possibility was there that they were going to do this, but uh, like with how hot the crowds have been the last two weeks, I thought for sure that this was going to be what they were doing it all out was going to be the elite versus Dark Order, basically with like the Bucks taking on um, Uno and Grayson or. Uh, Reynolds and Silver, the Good Brothers probably facing the other team, and then Paige taking on um, Omega. But no, it does not seem like we're going that direction anymore. Yeah, it's uh, honestly surprising. Um, yeah. Um, I expect I... that. Um, but this kind of just, uh, at the same time, it also, you know, furthers um, uh, Paige's, like, failures of being uh, so close yet so far. Yeah, and... Um... So real quick, the match itself was really good. This was a fantastic. This is probably one of the best opening matches to a wrestling show in 
like God knows how long. This was nuts yeah, to put I on agree. a free TV like this. I agree. Um, but like coming out of this, uh, you know, I think some people are going to like question if they're waiting too long for Hangman, mm-hmm. and I think that the concern is like it's a it's a like. Uh, it's a reasonable concern to have. Sure, um, sure. Mm-hmm. But I would like to point out that we've only, like, Paige has, like, never challenged Omega for the title yet, so it's not like he's already, like, faced him for this. Correct. They faced off to earn the title shot last fall, which is where um, Kenny eventually beat Moxley to win, but they haven't faced off since then. Um, so this isn't, like, a normal feud that you would see in, like, WWE, where it's like they're constantly facing each other at every single yeah, pay per view. Right, right. They haven't run this into the ground, so we still. I think right. in AEW, we've only seen Page versus Omega in a singles match once. Right, and they've been feuding for like they've been like they've had uh, this whole storyline going on. Yeah, the storyline like, has been going on since 2019. Right, which is insane. Right, um, and they faced each other once. <laughs> yeah, just put that into like you know perspective. You know, compared to like. Like another company like WWE, where like they have like their feuds. Usually, they have like like uh, they'll wrestle at one pay per view, and then they'll wrestle like on Raw or they'll but, wrestle uh, at another pay per view. This you isn't I mean? this isn't exactly the same thing, but it's worth noting. Um, I believe somebody posted earlier. I saw it earlier today that Big E and Apollo Cruz in 2021 alone have had 15 televised singles matches. Jesus, <laughs> like. Honestly, Jesus, that's like. How many like, of them were for the title? I have no idea. I would assume several of them. <laughs> um, but that's Insane. nuts. So, um, I I do not think that it is the wrong decision to do this. I'm not against it. It's going to be a matter of how they follow up with that. Um, apologies for the clock going off in the background. Um, but we uh, we'll see. Uh, so again, I don't think Paige is going to get the title shot at all out. Mm-hmm. I'm now. I am firmly in the boat that it's going to be Christian. Commentary put over the fact that Christian is moving up in the rankings and probably is deserving of a title shot soon. Um, and I would assume with Paige losing here, it sends him to the like the bottom of the the line here. So I'm. I right. think it's going to be Christian versus Omega. At all out. I think that's going to be think, the match. You'll think they'll wait until a full a full gear. I'm starting. Or, to, uh... I'm starting to think it's going to be Revolution in February. Right. Okay. I think I, it's long and it's going to take some people like some time to adjust. Okay. But I think there is a story there that might be worth telling in that it's two years after they had the match with the Young Bucks. You know, that's honestly fair at the same time, too, because, um, you know, you can argue that maybe it's too long for Paige, but you can also argue that maybe it's too short of a reign for Omega. I'd agree. You know what um, I mean? And especially with what's going on with Omega right now. And, like, how hot he's been and just, like, you know, all the stuff that, that, you know, is, like, potentially happening with, you know, all that. With New Japan Impact. New Japan Impact. All the stuff uh, he's going on. Belt collecting. Yep. There's been teases of him potentially in GCW. Yeah, yeah. Him to collect more. And then, you know, he has the match against uh, Andrade. Yeah, Uh, that is coming up. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you just, you know. I can see both sides, um, but I would probably be more on the side of Omega not losing so soon uh, rather than, um, you know, like just waiting for for Paige, you know, for like yeah. a slow cook. Because like his time will come, you know what I mean? Like 
there's no doubt in my mind that Paige is the next AW champion. Um, but it's it's a matter of when. You know? Agreed. Um, and I do think one of the benefits of if they do wait for Paige is that Kenny gets to knock off several more challengers and thus, again, raises the stakes of his reign. Like, if he gets to beat Christian, that's a big name to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a match that nobody's ever seen before. Right. And Christian right. is uh, Christian's genuinely impressed me since his return. Yeah, so he can I'm, still go. I'm all for him and Kenny having a match. Um, you yeah. obviously have the impending debuts of Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I don't think CM Punk is going to challenge Omega. I do think Brian's a possibility. Yeah. Um, Punk it, from. We'll talk about it shortly, but it does seem that Punk is going to get involved with Darby Allen um, yeah. for a potential program. Um, who else? You still have Eddie Kingston, who has outstanding business with Kenny um, and hasn't gotten to face him. Um, I don't think there's anybody else who I think really would like be deserving of a potential shot. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of you know potential targets. Uh, yeah, for, for Kenny, so. I do still think it's going to be interesting to see if they, if he does. So in this scenario where he does wait till revolution and Mm -hmm. for them to do this match, does Omega drop one of his other belts before then? Um, Or do they keep waiting there too? Um, I do think that's an interesting one because I don't know. See, I think that's just all depends on. I just can't like, it's so weird for like, because like, I feel bad for Impact because they're going to have... If, like, if Kenny has to be champ until, like, next February or March, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, over a year, basically, almost, um, yeah. with him as champ for them. And I'm sure some people would be upset. Yeah, but... people would be upset, but at the same time, like, they're allowing this. You know what I mean? Like, Imp- yeah, 100%. Impact, and, like, it gives them exposure. You know what I mean? Like... If anything, it kind of helps them. I mean, yeah, a lot of the hardcore faithfuls would be like, you know, they don't like that Kenny's champion and they would rather have, like, an Impact guy hold the title, which I understand 100%. But, like, at the same time, you also got to look at it as, you know, them getting, like, positive exposure, you know. 100%. And, you know, Impact, like, I would say, like, Impact, like, maybe not, like, last, like, uh, what was it? Slammiversary is like probably was like when they start really, you know, gaining like more like uh, of a following or like more in the media. Yeah. I feel I feel like because um, like I feel like after like Hardy like left, right? Like Hardy left was like it kind of just like kind of went down a little bit downhill. I don't know. Yeah. After I would say after Jeff and Matt left. Um, yeah. Because they had that huge ago, like they had the big. Like, yeah, yeah. The whole broken so, Matt stuff was mm-hmm. huge for impact. And then they kind of just. I feel like most people kind of stopped caring. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with Kenny. It, it's, yeah, I think and, it all depends on uh, how the companies feel about, you know, Kenny still holding his title. I think the really interesting and cool thing apart of the, like, the one real big positive for me coming out of this match, mm-hmm. it's five on five, is I have absolutely no idea what the plan is. Because they could do Christian, they could do somebody else, they could do Paige. Paige could earn a shot. There's still like a month till the pay per view. Yeah. So by all means, there's several oh, yeah, directions 100%. they can go. Um, yeah. Which is so. which is good to have endless possibilities. You know. Yeah, it's wanna, not like they're not. Work. They didn't corner themselves, which is which is a good thing. A lot of people see can see that as like, oh, what do they do with Paige now? You know, he's buried. Blah blah blah. 
but I don't think that's like they they haven't cornered themselves at all. Like they just have endless possibilities that they can they can do, and they would make sense. You know. Yeah. No, I agree, hundred um, percent. In the case that Paige doesn't challenge Omega, do you have any idea of who you would think you would face at All Out? Um. Oh, like Paige. Yeah, Hangman Page. Ah, oh, jeez. Because um, I can't see them keeping him off the pay-per-view if he doesn't jump. No, him. no, they definitely won't. Um, he could do something with the Dark Order. Yeah, um, they could. He can do, like, uh, some Dark Order against, I don't know, against uh, the Good Brothers and the Bucks, but I don't know. They could do something like that, like a, a multi-man match or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Don't they usually have like a battle royal at the All Out? Uh, all Out is the female battle royal. So oh, the female. Would not, okay, yeah, okay. so it won't be that. Okay. Unless Paige is becoming a female. Uh, well, um, it'll <laughs> definitely be something with Dark Order. And, or, you know, he could just, or he will face Kenny. Like, we just never know. Yeah. Right. So um, I'm assuming this, the, like, the next episode will probably find out what the direction is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. All right. Well, there's a there's that big discussion. So moving forward, we uh, we head backstage and Pack is being interviewed. Um, he notes that the Lucha Brothers were supposed to be here, but they're stuck at the airport because somebody canceled their car. Um, mm-hmm. And then Andrade and Chavo show up saying um, that they apologize for the travel issues, um, but that they have booked a limousine for the Lucha Brothers. Um it's kind of strange. We never got a follow up on this. They got a limousine, but they never appeared on the show. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of strange. That <laughs> was a bit bizarre. Um, yeah, I think the jury's still out on this one. Uh, I need to see more of Travo and Andrade together. Um, beside just like this random backstage segment. Um, so hopefully we get some more soon. Um, but I like Travo and I love Andrade, so hopefully they work together well. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm I do, curious of where they're going, what direction they're going. And I'm gonna. Like, do you think the Lucha Bros are gonna turn on? Uh, I on, really on hope back? they don't because the Death Triangle of like they're a really good group together, and like the fans love them. You listen to the reactions they got last week when they returned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, went crazy for that. Um, so I, I'm hoping that they do not break them up. If anything, I really just hope Andrade and Chavo bring in like a third person for them. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, then we go for Ricky Starks' uh, championship celebration. Taz is on a big, like, riser with the FTW banner. Um, and he introduces Ricky. Uh, Ricky comes out, and uh, Ricky's very over, uh, which you, oh, you yeah. like to see. Um, he has a whole band at, uh, at ringside playing him out. Um, and he notes that Will Hobbs isn't there tonight because he's recruiting. Um, and he talks about then uh, winning the FTW championship and how they are thankful that they got to get rid of the garbage that is Brian Cage and saying that Cage is basically a charisma vacuum and that Ricky's been the glue holding them down. Um, eventually, Cage comes out and Cage also was very over. I did not expect Brian Cage to get cheered here. I thought, yeah, that, like Ricky's very clearly the heel, but he's a heel that people like. Brian Cage, again, like uh, Ricky said, is a charisma vacuum. Brian Cage has never been a very good talker, but he came out. The crowd actually really liked him. Um, Moving forward, I do think they're going to need to get Brian Cage a manager. I don't know who, but again, Cage in his like singles career has never really been an entertaining talker. Um, He's just like, he kind of exists. 
Um, right. I really think they need to get him somebody, but I have no idea who you would put with him. So yeah, we'll I, see. I couldn't think right now. Um, that's why the Taz pairing worked really well, is because Taz is a very good talker. Right. Um, but again, there's options out there, and AEW shown that they handle managers pretty well. So, um, I'm open to ideas. But Cage comes out. Um, he basically takes a trombone player out and then puts a guy through a bass drum, and then snaps one of the trombones over his leg. Um, and then Ricky and Hook run away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to the rematch between Cage and Starks because their first match was like genuinely really good uh, mm-hmm. for the FTW title. Yeah, you think that happens at all out? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's there or if they do it like the Rampage or the Dynamite before All Out. Okay. Um, in Chicago, because while like All Out is this big show, I do think they're going to want to put some of the matches that you'd normally see on a pay per view on those shows. Yeah. Um, just because so. Uh yeah, uh then surprise, Hiroshi Tanahashi appears on the show. <laughs> uh, Tanahashi shows up in a talking head segment where he's talking about how the IWGP US title has always eluded him, and he's challenging the winner of tonight's match between Hikaleo and Lance Archer. So I was happy that my prediction of Tanahashi challenging for the US title came right, but then it was like ah. Oh, I said it was going to be against Moxley, so that's not happening. But you know, I was I was correct that Tanahashi would be challenging for this title. So yeah, that was nice. And then you coming out it. of coming out of the night later, we'll talk about it. But my uh, my the John Moxley part of that prediction is not looking too shabby. Um, then we go to FTR versus Proud and Powerful. Both guys or both teams, I should say, got again really good reactions. This uh, AEW's been really lucking out with the crowds lately. They are going crazy at every show. Um. FTR comes out with uh, Tully and Proud and Powerful have Conan. Uh, this was I thought this was a pretty solid match until it wasn't when Cash Wheeler went down with an injury. Uh, it was very like yeah, watching the show. It was very hard to see what happened, but they cut to him and he was just on the floor, like holding his arm, and you could see like a puddle of blood below his arm. Yeah, he was just gushing. I was like, what yeah. happened? Um, like I didn't originally see this during the match. No, and yeah, then, I saw him like go down to the outside, but I didn't know was like, like what right. it was. I was like, yeah, and then they they cut to him. I was like, oh god, what happened? Yeah, um, and uh, Dax eventually hit just like a, bur- a brain buster on Ortiz, and that ended it. That mm-hmm. I think it was pretty clear that was not the finish. No. I'm assuming yeah, they were going to hit their finisher on him. Yeah, um, but I'm. It. I'm glad that they, yeah, I'm glad that they got it over with, um, and just like moved on, um, and that they wanted to just like make sure Cash was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, in like updates, he it's nothing like too serious, and he's gonna be okay, so that's good. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to the when these guys get to face off again because again, this got cut short unfortunately because of an injury. Um, but again, with it not being anything like too serious, they should get to go again soon. Uh, sooner rather than later, I should say. So I'm looking forward to that because, again, two of the best teams in the company right now. Um, 100%. And, yeah, yeah. Not name the not name the Young Bucks. I would say they're yeah, 100%. Like two and three, you know. Yeah, probably. Um, we get a promo from Britt Baker backstage um, where she shows off her broken arm and puts it over as Nyla Rose is the one to have done it. Um, and she says basically that it, uh, she knows that her and Reba both keep getting hurt. And uh, it's time that they get somebody else to look out for them. So they're teasing that they're going to have a third person for their little group. Yeah, I wonder who that's going to be. <laughs> I have no idea. Any ideas? Um, 
I feel like that would have made sense for like Chelsea if she was coming into AEW, but like yeah. she's I don't think that's gonna happen. No. And the way they worded it, it made it seem like it was one person. Um yeah. if it was more if they were like vague, I would be like, Oh, the iconics, like um Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, whatever you want to call them. Right. Um but I don't know. I don't really know who else this could be if it's not any of them. Awesome Kong. No. <laughs> oh god. Um I have no idea. Yeah, I have. Well, did she, and she didn't even like say when would no. we find out. So I maybe don't know. I maybe we'll the Pittsburgh show. Yeah, um, that's a good point. It's possible. Yeah. So definitely um, see that. Yeah. Uh, after this, we go to commercial, and then we come back. Tony Schiavone's on the stage. Uh, they had they had noted that this could be Tony Khan revealing this, but it wasn't. Um, it doesn't really matter in hindsight. Um, but they are here for the special live event announcement, and they are announcing that AEW Rampage, the second episode on August 20th, is going to be in Chicago, and it is titled The First Dance. Obviously, this is a follow-up from uh, The Last right. Dance last year with uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. They're in Chicago. Everybody mm-hmm. knows about the reports with CM Punk at this point. Uh, the reports also came out that they had trademarked for the first dance a little while ago. The f- I, I'm very intrigued by this um, because it's on August 20th. I thought that like when like <laughs> the first dance thing, I was like, oh, maybe that's going to be like if they're going to do it for Rampage or something, it's going to be the one in Chicago that we all know about, like mm-hmm. right before All Out. But now it's the August 20th show. So they're doing two of these rampage shows in Chicago, but this one's in August. This is August 20th. So there's still a couple weeks before the pay-per-view. Um, very, very interesting. And then obviously the crowd just erupts here, just chanting CM Punk. Right. Crazy. Then we cut to Darby Allen and Sting backstage while the chants are still going. And Darby basically says he's going to be in Chicago and he wants to challenge the best in the world. Right. I have to assume that Darby's going to show up on Rampage and basically either be cutting a promo at the end of the show um, or an open challenge and Punk's going to come out. I do not think CM Punk wrestles on that show. No, no, that's absolutely I, not. That's... I do think Darby and CM Punk probably wrestle at the pay-per-view, but this is where they start the program. I think Punk oh, so be there. I, it's definitely just, I, I feel like everybody's expecting him to debut it all out, but I'm, I guess again, I can't imagine that they're going to do this August 20th show in Chicago and not have it be punk because the other part of this announcement is that it's going to be at the United Center, which I believe has a capacity of twenty thousand people. It's like twenty three thousand, but now yeah. they're not. I do not. It's see where them. the it's where the Chicago Bulls play. So it's it's like an NBA. It's an NBA arena, you know, and an NHL arena and stuff. Yeah. So listen, they're going. They're punk's definitely coming. Let me tell you why. For one. They're doing the United Center, okay, which is that many people for a one-hour show. Think about that. Like, a one-hour, you know, show. This isn't a dynamite, you know what I mean? Like, this is a one-hour rampage show. So, like, and then them dropping all the, you know, the, all the, you know, one-liners and stuff about, like, you know, what Darby said and then, like, just all the teasing, you know what I mean? He's definitely coming. They wouldn't just, I don't know. At this point, I think, 
I think it would be a huge disappointment if Punk didn't show up. If, again, Tony Khan went on Busted Open before Dynamite and was asked about the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan rumors, and basically Mm -hmm. he did not shut them down. He said no comment. Right. If they were going in and announcing um, this this paper, not the pay-per-view, this show, and expecting to fill an arena, they they would if like if, if Punk wasn't coming in or if Brian wasn't coming in because if for some reason Punk doesn't show up at that that show, Brian shows up 100. percent It's one or the other. Yeah. But Punk makes sense because one, the title, the first dance, and two, uh, obviously, it's Chicago. it's Chicago. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just like he would like any person in their right mind would shut that down the rumors if it wasn't happening because you would be you willingly be setting your fans up to hijack the show to tune out and you've been building up so much goodwill that if it wasn't going to happen you would say oh i would love for punk to come in but unfortunately it's not really in the works right now um so i think it's pretty clear at this point that punk's coming in and i would very much assume at the very least that they run like a video package or like a video promo from him during the show um, challenging, but I fully expect him to show up on the show. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I agree. With then you. I would assume Darby versus punk at the pay-per-view. So yeah, that would um, be, you know, phenomenal. Like I would like, see, I feel like, uh, you know, because he did remember punk did that you know q a that you sent in the, in the group yeah chat. he had sent one he had done uh, one earlier this year basically where he was asked about people from aw that he thought like he would like to work with if he ever came back you know what i would love for him to do during his time in aw is to wrestle all those guys <laughs> they're just gonna say to wrestle in general he's gonna be like yeah, i would hope so <laughs> no to wrestle all those guys <laughs> that just be a, you know i mean like if that's going to be his role where he just wants to, you know, not chase titles. I mean, eventually I think he'll try to chase. No, a hundred percent. He has to go for the title at some right, point. Right. At some point. But if he wants to just be in like the role for now to like, you know, work with younger guys and like, you know, mentor them and stuff, which is also great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, for those who haven't seen the, the people he noted uh, working with that he would like to see um, or that he, let, let me just pull up the tweet. <laughs> That's probably just better. Um, basically, he did a Q&A and somebody asked him, what current wrestler in AEW would you most like to work with if you ever came back? And he says, I see five guys that have potential. And then he lists Will Hobbs, Darby Allen, Brian Pillman Jr., Ricky Starks, and Jungle Boy. And he says, uh, and that's not to say there are others, or sorry, and that's not to say there are others, but those guys stick out. I think he meant to say that there aren't others. Um but yeah, I think there's plenty of options for Punk when he comes in, um, and it's so many people that he's never worked with before, or at least like on this like stage, that it's just a consistent amount of fresh matchups. Right. Um, so I'm very intrigued by it. Um, I don't think anybody really had gotten to the point where we thought CM Punk was going to come back. It's been seven years. There had been plenty of opportunities, and it just it hasn't looked like it was going to happen. And now here we are. So. Yeah, this is like I'd I'd say this is like the the most closest that it looks like it's gonna happen. Yeah, and and you know since he's since he's been gone. Again, we should state it's definitely not a guarantee, but all things seem to be pointing at it. So uh, we'll see. But August twentieth, the United Center tickets go on sale on Monday, I believe. Presale starts tomorrow, um, and depending on when you're listening to it, presale might have already started. So we'll see what it's going to be like moving tickets, but um, 
with the teases they've been doing for Punk, it seems like they're. I'm I'm very interested to see how the show sells without them announcing Punk is going to be there. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, up next we got our IWGP United States Championship match: Hikaleo versus Lance Archer. Um, Haku came out with uh, Hikaleo. He came out to the old Gorillas of Destiny theme song. Um, and yeah, pretty surreal to see like a. Uh, I mean, Kent's Bullet Club as well, but uh, mm-hmm. so it, was, uh, it was just interesting to hear. Like, I'd, I'd say like a more unpopular member. Yeah, definitely. Piccolo is not somebody that anybody not as known. Yeah, not a knock on him. He's a younger. He's like a, one of the right. younger members, and like he hasn't really gotten to do much over in like New Japan regular. Yeah. He's been like one of the bigger names on Strong. Listen, if you don't watch like New Japan or know anything about New Japan, you're not going to know who the hell this guy no, is. No, a hundred percent. So, but um, they did do a uh, a road to Dynamite this week, um, and this was one of the matches that they had on there. And I thought they did a nice job with uh, Hikaleo talking about like. Um, who he is and what the U.S. title means to him and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, basically, saying that it started with Bullet Club because Kenny was the original champion and he was the Bullet Club leader at the time, and he said he's coming back to take it for Bullet Club. Um, so they had a nice little thing there. Yeah. Um, this was kind of what you expected: just two big men fighting. Um, pretty surreal to see Hikaleo like taller than Lance Archer. Um, Lance Archer noted in his video package that like he most often doesn't have to look up at his opponents, but for Hikaleo, he has to like look yeah, up at him, um, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, we did get Haku getting involved here at ringside, um, choking Lance and throwing him into a barricade. Uh, but eventually Lance did win with the blackout and that was that. So officially Lance Archer will be facing Hiroshi Tanahashi at new Japan resurgence in mm-hmm. August. So yeah, it should be great. Yeah. Um, Cody Rhodes then is sitting backstage. Uh, he's just sitting in the gorilla position watching the show, like from a production standpoint and out from nowhere, Malachi black runs in and just hits him, uh, with a big boot and they start brawling. Cody drags him up. They go up on stage. They keep brawling. Um, Malachi lays him out. And then like a bunch of people come out here and Fuego del Sol is one of them. And Fuego del Sol eats a black mass and has potentially one of the best cells for this move ever. Dude, that was insane. This man eats this kick and looks like he was just shot. He like just flops down and looks like he's dead. Fuego deserves an award for this. This was such a good sell for him. Amazing. Um, and officially, the ma- the match is happening next week. Cody versus Malachi Black on Dynamite, uh, the homecoming show at Daly's Place, which is, it's still weird to me that they're doing a homecoming show when they've only been gone for like four <laughs> weeks, but you know, it's okay. They're homesick. Yeah. Miss it. Um, I'm sure at the time it was just a matter of what they could book. Um, yeah, so, hours. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I'm assu- I I would be in utter shock if Cody Rhodes beat Malachi Black next week. Um, mm, yeah, that shouldn't happen. That should not happen. I think that this should definitely go the way of the Brody match last year, where Malachi just kills him. Cody's off TV for a few months and then comes back. Um, which I do think yeah. is probably likely, as I've seen some people note that shooting for the Go Big Show is starting shortly, so Cody's going to have to be off TV. So I feel like Malachi killing him here um, is a good write-off. Yeah, um, I agree. Then we get a promo from Miro backstage, and he's uh, talking about how the TNT Championship is known for open challenges, but since he's won the title, the challenges 
uh, basically just washed up. Nobody's challenging anymore. Um, but next week he's going to fight uh, Lee Johnson, uh, yep. which I'm, I don't know if I'm expecting a squash match or Lee to actually get a shot here. Uh, he's not winning a hundred percent, but <laughs> oh no, he's winning. No. Yeah. Um, but I mean, cool. Uh, and Miro notes that nobody can take away his divine right. The only things that motivate him are a vengeful God and a double jointed wife. And yeah, solid, st- solid stuff from Miro. This man just constantly delivers in these promos every week. Yeah, a hundred percent. And genuinely, we can say this because we have waited and like seen uh, with Miro where I know earlier this year, every week on our reviews, me and Joey were shitting on the, the treatment of Miro as this gamer uh-huh. guy with Kip Sabian. And we waited <laughs> right. and saw we, we trusted in AEW. And sure enough, a few months later, Miro is like such a compelling champion right now. He's like a, a great heel in this role. It's a fresh character for him, a fresh character for anyone, really, claiming that they're God's champion. Um, I love it. I, I love Miro in this role. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, do you have a pick for who you would want to see challenge uh, for the TNT title at All Out? Oh, geez, because there's really no direction right now. You know what I mean? No. He's just kind of picking, like, he's, like, picking and choosing, really, like, who he wants to take out. Um, yeah, the last so person could, was Pillman. Right, so he can, like, very well do that with just someone else. I don't know. I really don't know. There's really no one attached to him right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it could just be literally him just picking and choosing like he has been. Yeah. Um, and um, then trying to, like, make a story out of it before all out fair enough uh after yeah. this we go to our trios match christian cage and the jurassic express versus the hfo represented by angelico uh isaiah cassidy and mark quinn uh matt hardy leads them out and matt hardy gets a huge reaction from the crowd um they're in north carolina which is i believe his home area so mm-hmm. makes sense but pretty cool to see matt come out and get a good reaction um Pretty standard six-man tag. Uh, the finish came basically with uh, Jurassic Express and Christian just hitting a bunch of moves on Mark Quinn. Um, and Christian finished them off with a frog splash, and that was that. Uh, and then after the match, the Blade came up uh, in a hoodie and knocked Christian out with the brass knuckles. So I'm assuming we're going to be getting a Blade and Christian match. Yeah, Blade's a uh, goddamn menace. Is, I don't know what timeline we're in where the Blade is just getting all these high-profile singles matches. but <laughs> Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> Blade's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of him and Cassidy, but uh, who knows. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, maybe the butchers getting ready to come back and they're setting up because Christian and jungle boy are like friends. So maybe they're going to do butcher and blade versus Christian and jungle boy. Yeah. They could definitely do that. I don't know the timeline. Yeah. I also don't. So we'll see. Um, we got a brief video package for Nick gauge. Um, it was just him talking about his match with Jericho. Um, then we got, uh, Julia Hart versus thunder Rosa. And as both of the girls were coming out, we had promos from the varsity blondes and Julia Hart together. And then Thunder Rosa basically saying now she's uh, signed with the company and this is her first official match as an AEW roster member, uh, which is really cool to see. And then we had the match and this thing this thing was over in uh, probably under five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was um, just going to be a pretty much a, a squash. For... To, to be fair, it's Julia Hart. Uh, yeah. Again, not a knock on her, but she's not like somebody who's – it's not like Thunder Rosa had like this 
big opponent or anything. This right. is very clearly just a match to heat up Thunder Rosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, commentary even Jr. even admitted that that she was green. So yeah, referring to Julia Hart. Um, but yeah, so that that was that one. Um, then we got the rundown for next week's card. Uh, so we're gonna have Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black, Mira versus Lee Johnson for the TNT Championship, Christian Cage versus The Blade, um, and The Bunny versus Layla Hirsch in a number one contender singles match for the mm-hmm. NWA Women's World Championship. Um, I think Camille holds it currently. Yeah, Camille uh, in NWA is the current oh, champion. That's weird. <laughs> um, so I didn't realize that. I, yeah, I, I genuinely did not know Serena Deeb dropped the title until a couple of days ago. That's weird that they're doing a number one contendership match for for a person AEW who's talent new, and... for who's never been on this show. <laughs> right, right. Unless, unless I don't know. Unless she'll yeah, on. that could be a random match that they have at the pay per view or something, or like one of those yeah. shows. Um, I'm assuming Layla Hirsch yeah. is winning that match. She's yeah, screaming she's personal challenge. All right. Um, then we had to our, or not our main event yet. We have um promo from Moxley real quick where he's backstage. And uh, similar to how he was kind of presented last week in the IWGP US title match with Lance, Moxley comes off more heelish here in how he's talking, um, mm-hmm. which I do think is interesting. I don't think we'll ever see Moxley as a full on, or not like ever, but, Soon, I don't think we're ever going to see Moxley as a full-on heel. Just think in, in this situation, because AEW. Now, like, I think in New Japan, Moxley is going to be a heel. Yeah, I think it's going to be sense. one of those things where he's like two different characters, basically. Well, because Tanahashi's like the super baby face. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Um, but Moxley basically talks about how he's been watching the Olympics and complains that while all of these athletes are getting into Japan, he can't. Um, but then the second he loses the IWGP US title. Uh, Tanahashi shows his face on Dynamite. He says, screw him that he doesn't get to wrestle him. Uh, Tanahashi is dead to him. Uh, He sent a huge stack of contracts to his his boy in the office in Japan, so he's going to see what comes through the forbidden door. Notes that maybe Tanahashi's the only smart one who learned what happened to Nagata and Suzuki and who understands what's waiting on the other side of the forbidden door. This seemed very clear to me that John Moxley is heading into a program with uh, Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. Moxley is still advertised for resurgence um, in LA uh, for New Japan. I have to assume he's going to attack Tanahashi oh, after yeah. I'm assuming Tanahashi beats Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think what could be very likely is that we get Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Moxley at the at all out. Yeah. Uh, that's because that's what the, uh, the rumor is, uh, yeah. Supposedly, uh, you know, Moxley went to Tony Khan a few months ago, or, or I don't know when, and said he wanted to get a, you know, a New Japan wrestler at All Out. So Tanahashi, sure he one. was talking about Tanahashi. So yeah, that would be huge, honestly. Um, yeah, that'd be huge for everyone. Honestly, yeah, and I think that's a match that a lot of people would like to see. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy um, we would see that on like American television, or yeah, hundred percent. Um, then we into our main event. It is the second labor of Jericho. It is Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage mm-hmm. in a no rules match, and Nick Gage comes out, Jericho comes out, and Nick Gage has the pizza cutter, and uh, as they start here, he just slices Chris Jericho's bicep, and it's very clear that this is a real pizza cutter at this point. Because Jericho starts bleeding almost instantly. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then we yeah, start this Yeah, I don't think off. they were going to give uh, Nick Gage anything fake. No, and then we start this, and it just starts like a regular, just like, brawl, basically. Um, we get a, a spine buster from Nick Gage, and then just some, like, sloppy in your face like punches all over the place mm-hmm. um eventually they head to the outside um and just some more brawling um there's a superplex at one point nick gage hits a falcon arrow um and then we eventually start getting these uh these weapons nick gage goes under the ring and what does he pull out but some good old-fashioned light tubes baby of course. we get of light course. tubes in the main it's event on tnt um jericho has floyd the baseball bat in his hand um and then starts beating gage with them uh gage nails him with the choke breaker um and then he gets the pizza cutter out and we start going to town here and nick gage starts just rolling it across jericho's forehead and jericho's just a bloody mess at this point um we get uh we get a pane of glass gage lays a pane of glass across two chairs and uh, Jericho's up on the top, and uh, we get uh, Frankensteiner through the glass uh, to Nick Gage. Um, and then we get more uh, light tubes just being taken to Jericho, a pile driver into the shards of glass. Chris Jericho kicks out. He gets the broken light tubes and starts stabbing him. Um, then we get the bundles, like the four, like the bundles of four light tubes. Um, and as he's coming back in, Jericho blinds him with the mist, hits him with the light tubes, and hits him with the Judas effect. And Chris Jericho wins. I do not think this disappointed. If you were expecting a death match, this is what you got. Chris say, Jericho yeah. fucking bled for this. Yeah, this was pretty much, you know, they let Nick Gage do what Nick Gage does, which was like awesome. Um, the fact that it was on live television too, yeah, uh, was pretty insane. It was really weird seeing uh, Nick Gage, you know, hit Jericho in the head with the light tube on uh, TNT. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was very gruesome. Um, it was a death match, uh, you know. Um, but it's kind of insane because uh, this is what Jericho wants to do with his career at almost fifty years old. Um, you can say what you want about Jericho, you know, he, he, he might be questionable outside of wrestling with some of his views and stuff like that. Um, but the fact that he agreed to this at nearly 50 years old, um, is pretty insane. <laughs> I don't think a lot of guys would, uh, agree to this at that mm, age. No, absolutely uh, not. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty insane. <laughs> this was wild to see. Um, and yeah. Um, after the match, MJF just gets off commentary and starts screaming. Um, he, as people have pointed out, he did use some verbiage from the pipe bomb promo, which was a subtle tease towards CM Punk saying, basically, as you sit there and all like the the biggest pain of your life, um, saying that he, he knows, uh, that Jericho's not going to end up getting to wrestle him because he knows what labor number three is. Chris Jericho has to hit a move off the top rope to win. And yeah. his opponent is somebody that came up in their previous feuds, and we get a uh, we get a little like flashback moment to 2019. I love how they uh, just where it's like Chris, the little things. Chris Jericho made a, a small aside about Juventud Guerrera uh, to MJF Super back in tight. 2019. Yeah, exactly. And we get the announcement: Juventud Guerrera, the juice is loose. He's here. He is back. 
We're getting Juventud Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. And Chris has to hit a top rope move to win. And that's that. That's labor number three. Um, And the crowd also went really wild for the Juventud Guerrero reveal. This could have felt flat with like a crowd who like didn't care or like didn't know who he was. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like more AEW crowds are like more knowledgeable of who these guys are. Because I feel like uh, they're also more hardcore fans of other like promotions and like you know indies and all that other stuff so yeah that's a fair point um now this this happened in wwe like since the people kind of be like huh like there'll be like some people there i'm sure yeah know who he is but like you know probably like a lot i would say the vast majority would not yeah um but yeah that was fight for the fallen um you know i have um i don't know like a little theory i guess with the whole five labors of Jericho. Okay. Do you think this could also potentially be like a like farewell tour for Jericho? Uh, I've seen people saying it and it does feel like it, but I just, I don't think Jericho's ready to hang it up yet. Okay. Um, I think that what's more than likely he loses to Jericho or he loses to MJF at the pay-per-view. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. And then takes a break, like an extended break because he's been like a full-time person at his age since 2019. And I think most people expected him to kind of just be like a part-timer in AEW. But um, yeah, never was. No, he was pretty sure he was on like pretty much every dynamite. Yep. Basically. Um, so I, I think he's more than earned some time off, um, especially with what he's doing right now, like doing this death match and everything. Yeah, and doing all these labors and stuff, which could potentially get crazier. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is a possibility. Jericho could always retire, and I, I don't think he would break his retirement and like go back to WWE and wrestle there. No. Um, I think, if anything, he'd probably stay with AEW in like, a backstage role um, at this point, um, or he'd just be like the manager for the inner circle or something. I just I, I don't see Jericho being done exactly yet, but we'll see. Um, I I wouldn't be upset if it's the case because I think Jericho being retired by MJF would make a lot of sense, um, and would do some great stuff for for MJF. But again, I I don't necessarily think it's time. Um, but yeah. again, it's possible. Um, and with how they're booking it, I think it is definitely supposed to feel that way right now. Yeah. Um, so. But, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen. Um, anyway, I would give this show a resounding thumbs up. Uh, I, there wasn't anything to really complain about on this show outside of the women's match being, like, minus, like, five minutes. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, I, again, AEW continues to, like, show brief stints of promise for the women's division, whether it's, like, the, the Lights Out match, uh, mm-hmm. Serena Deeb's rise, Britt's rise. Um, yeah, and then they just take two steps back, and it just feels like it's a mess again. Somehow, through all of this, they've genuinely created like overstars in their women's division. Brits really over. Thunder yeah, Rose is over. That's what I'm saying. You have Riho, uh, like all of the Joshi Jade. women are over. Yeah, yeah Jade, um, but like Riho, Yuka, yeah. uh, and Sheeta are all over. See, that's why. That's why I think they actually, you know, they care. I do think they care. Um, I think it's more of like. I think this Rampage show is really going to help them. 
I certainly hope so. If it doesn't, then there like, needs to be a bigger discussion. Yeah, I agree. If they like, haven't added of, like, like if they have an hour uh, like an added hour of television and they can't put anything mm-hmm. together, then like a change needs to happen. Um, yeah, because at that point it will have been like basically two years at this point. Um, so we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, anyway, I'm giving it a thumbs up. So yeah, me too. Uh, definitely a thumbs up. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, Fight for the Fallen. So hopefully you all enjoyed the review. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, Ryan and Angela's Impact Power Hour will be dropping on Friday. Um, and then we'll be back on maybe Monday. I don't know. Joey, what's your schedule looking like for Monday? Uh, like this Monday coming up? Yeah. Uh, should be free. Okay. Cause, uh, uh, yeah, I'm off Monday. I mean, I'm off Mondays, so. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. I will next week for Dynamite. I probably won't be here for the review because I will be in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I leave on Tuesday. So we might have a raw review on Monday just so we put out some type of content. Right. Um, but there most likely will not be a Dynamite review unless you and Ryan do it or you guys do it solo or something. But uh, keep your eyes peeled to our Twitter because we'll we'll announce whatever the plan is. So yeah. uh, be sure to do that. Uh, anyway. Thank you for joining us again. If you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, And we'll talk to you guys next time.